0: Welcome to The M Word, where we bring you unfiltered conversations about all things marketing. Join us as we discuss the many highs and lows, bumps and twists, failures and successes of marketing and running a successful business. We are your hosts, Jennifer Mulchandani and Heather Michaelgaard. Get ready for an uncensored journey into the world of marketing. Today we talk with Cheryl Fisher, an entrepreneur, podcaster, and corporate trainer about her journey from high school teacher to her passion for health and wellness.
1: Cheryl talks about the challenges of building a personal brand, the upsides of network marketing, and how she had to overcome fear of rejection in order to be comfortable with
0: her business. Enjoy the show. Hi Cheryl, welcome to The M Word. Hi, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you here. Tell us about your journey. You started in teaching and then went to entrepreneurship. Now you have a podcast. Tell us a little bit about you.
2: Happy to, thank you. I was a teacher, uh, high school math and economics for 12 years. And that was while my kids were growing up and going through school mainly. And I had actually switched careers to become a teacher from something else previously, but I hit a big birthday somewhere along those 12 years. And I couldn't imagine myself staying in one thing for 20 some more years. I was just doing the math and feeling a little trapped, even in a job I liked. So I started to think, well, maybe there's something I could do that would give me just options or choices. Maybe I'd stay, maybe I'd go, but I'd have a choice. And so that's how I ended up starting a business with Arbonne, which is my health and wellness business, just to see if maybe it would give me a choice sometime. And then that was a long road because I had to learn entrepreneurship from zero. And the podcast has come out of 10 or so years of learning mindset and success principles and healthy living that I had no clue about before that.
0: Tell us about your podcast, the name, and who who are your guests? What do you all talk about?
2: So it just launched in May. We're still pretty new, but it has been such a fun ride so far. It is called OMG Teach Me, which is a little bit of a play on being a teacher, but also I really just want to share with people lessons that I've learned about living well, whether it's mindset or it's just healthy habits. And sometimes it's me sharing that. And sometimes it's me bringing in another expert as a guest to teach us. And it has been anything from using fun to have more success, which is what's coming next week, to wondering how to get past maybe blocks that we have when we're going towards success in our minds, to the power of strength training when you're in midlife. So just all sorts of topics about living well.
1: How does the podcast then, Cheryl, sort of correlate or support the rest of the Cheryl Fisher brand, if you will?
2: (laughs) That is an excellent question. You know, it's It's I think my way of showing people that I've become a brand myself in a sense. And it came from teaching and loving to teach. And I still do corporate training. I love to run my mouth. I love to teach things. But at the same time, there's all these things that I know that most people don't know because most people maybe haven't ever had to run their own business or run their own day even. And so I wanna share that. I find it interesting cause you said you started with
1: Arbon in around 2011. Is that, yeah. is that right? And it's 2023 when you launched a podcast. So was this evolution to figure out that you are a brand representing anything else that you're bringing to market? Or was that
2: like an epiphany that you had? What a great question. Can I say both? It's interesting because the podcast happened very specifically this year, and it was a little bit of an epiphany. And I I always thought that I wanted to be a speaker eventually, go around and speak to groups, and it would still be the same message. But I kind of decided all of a sudden this year, I don't want to do that. I don't want to travel around and speak to groups, but I want to get my message out there. And maybe I finally had built up the confidence to know that I felt good about putting my message out there as a brand. And suddenly I just went, wait, I can do this on a podcast. I don't have to travel around and go anywhere. And maybe it can be quite a big reach and become something that matters. So a little bit of a Long thought process about trying to send out my message, but an epiphany about how to do it for sure.
1: Yeah, because you've been doing email marketing for a long time as part of your growing your brand. Yes. And do you have a website that's specific to Cheryl Fisher?
2: So I do have a landing page, I would call it. and that's certainly something that can link people into whatever else they need. And that's on omgteachme. So yeah, that kind of then links people out to everything else.
0: So I wanna just go a little bit deeper on the podcast as fairly new podcast hosts, producers, publishers, a podcast is a lot of work. So- Yes, it is. I I love that you went that route because you could expand your reach and you wouldn't have to travel, but talk to us about the challenges of producing, publishing, maintaining a podcast and, and how do you do it on your own?
2: So yeah, great questions and absolutely valid. And I have three different things going on corporate training that I do by day, my own wellness business and the podcast. And I'm also an empty nester. So I have a little bit more time on my hands than I used to. And I just have such passion for being able to speak about things that are important to me. I have found the time. Now, would I like to eventually have it be a bit more outsourced in some aspects, maybe so, maybe so, I find the most challenging piece to be marketing it, to be honest with you. And that seems like an appropriate thing for us to talk about right now. <laughs> and yet, like when you think about your your business, um, the
1: health and wellness business that you've been working in since 2011, you you've, that is marketing. I mean, like you're, it's yes. sales and it's marketing. So you are, I think at the core, you know how to do that. And yes. connect with the audience that you're trying to connect with. Yes. So how's the podcast different than that then?
2: You know what, It's it's trying to market multiple things at the same time maybe that is the challenge. And I'm sure that people or companies have had this challenge before. Now I have two Instagram accounts and now I'm emailing two different groups of people. And even just getting that straight in my head and making sure I have a message that's appealing on both directions is new for me.
1: I wanted to um, pick up on something you said a minute ago about this—the you, you, corporate training job—and you, you talked about that as being. You know, I don't think you used this word. Your day job, maybe you did, but I said by day, by day. How does it all fit together, and how do you um, how do you mentally sort of have these different? I mean there's a correlation in the teaching amongst everything that you're doing but have this sort of segmented you know corporate training segment of Cheryl the the podcast segment of Cheryl the health and wellness products that you're you're selling part of Cheryl and and you know and not let it get sort of is there a hierarchy of where you spend your mental energy is it is are you side gigging which you know could be Considered demeaning to some people to say that? Like, how does this fit together in terms of what your brand is?
2: It's a great question. And I'm thinking it through in my head as I'm answering. So, my mental energy, I think, is it's always running in the background about my Arbonne business and my podcast. Fair enough. I really enjoy my corporate training job. And find it appropriately challenging, which is by the way, what I always have looked for in a job every time I've changed careers, I want to be challenged, but not so challenging that I'm working all the time or I'm stressed or overwhelmed. So that gives me, I guess the bandwidth maybe is the right word to then be able to focus on these other things.
0: Yeah, I, it's kind of like the the wellness and the podcast is your creative side, yes. passion that's very lucrative. And then the corporate training is almost natural to you, but also stable maybe.
2: Yes. And I do, I do understand that a piece of me wants that stability for sure. And at this point, I just, I get it and I go with it.
0: So I want to talk about stability a bit for those that are listening, who maybe currently have a nine to five, but have always dreamt about becoming an entrepreneur. It's scary. And it's a jump. How did you make that leap from teacher to entrepreneur and what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced?
2: I I used to answer this question by saying I fell into it accidentally and I don't think that's really the right answer so I'm not going to give you that one even though I just did. I, As I said, I was feeling really, I don't know, restless, trapped and I didn't know what to do and it just happened to be that I had found some products that I loved and I kept telling people about them. And someone finally said to me, you know, you could earn money doing that instead of just giving them away to people. And I went, oh, well, I guess I could just try. And so I said, well, I'll just try. And it re- I started it that way with no clue what I was doing. Well, I'll just try because I love a challenge. I love to try something new. I love change, so all of those things kind of helped me. And then fair enough, it took a while for me to figure out what I was doing along the way. There was the challenge.
1: So that challenge, like what, what, what was the first or biggest memorable hurdle that you had to face trying this new thing?
2: When you go from a job where you have a boss and you have a defined task list, it's very different to then put your self, your name behind something and open yourself up to rejection from people. I don't face rejection in a corporate job or even in a teaching job, not really. Teenagers, they don't reject you? Like you were a math teacher, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, certainly some of them didn't like me, I'm sure, but it wasn't so personal in the same way now all of a sudden i i understand that if someone doesn't want my product it's not necessarily personally about me but it feels like it and i'm sure that is not just me it's anyone who's starting their own business now i had to figure out how to stick my neck out and be okay with it if the answer was no and that was very different
0: I want to talk about the stigma and misconceptions around the social network marketing, because is that what we still consider Arbonne? Yes. And I know the product, it's great. I used to use it as well. Uh, But how do you deal with the stigma around that? And do you think it's still there?
2: You know what? I'm not sure it is still there in quite the same way, except for kind of a troll thing. So it's there. And- I have had bad experiences throughout the years occasionally where someone said, oh, it's one of those things. Fine, you know, okay, go get your stuff somewhere else. That's absolutely fine with me. But the industry is growing so much right now. And even if you're not talking about network marketing or direct sales, now we have affiliate marketing and brand ambassadors. And I would say that my business model is even better because I can act as a brand ambassador and teach other people to do the same thing. And that's two different sources of income. But either way, it's something that people know better now, especially from a social media aspect than they used to. But there are absolutely still people out there saying, oh, it's one of those things. And I just think maybe they don't really know what it is. And that's how I kind of keep myself from worrying about it. Maybe they don't really know. Do you find a, is there generational differences in that perception? Like we we are of the ilk that,
1: you know, it's whatever, I don't even know what Amway was, but it's like stuck in my brain, right? Like right. These, these old school pyramid scheme things, but... I don't know. I would think people in their twenties and thirties who are sort of born into this idea of what you're describing—brand ambassadors and affiliate marketing and you know bloggers who get payback for Absolutely. recommending stuff—are they are they more comfortable just by virtue of the fact of how they were grown into it?
2: I, I think you might be completely correct about that. I mean, I I think about my mom, and I didn't even know this until recently. She said, "Oh yeah, I did." What was it, Avon, maybe for a little while? And she said, You know, I was too nervous to go and knock on doors. And I thought, a Knock on doors? <laughs> My goodness, no one does that. But a couple generations ago, it was a very different business model. Even not even talking about structure, but just how people did it.
1: Well, sure. I mean, the social networking right now—we have all these tools. Right. But back in the day, you know, I sold Girl Scout cookies, knocking door to door too. Absolutely. Now you post on your parents' Facebook page, and everyone sells their cookies. My mom did a company. It was a Japanese skincare brand. This is in the um, early nineties called Neuvier. Hmm, I haven't
2: heard
1: and of it. It was same, same.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't,
1: I have no idea if they're still around, but the, the fact your mother did it too, it's, it's hilarious.
2: Yeah. Well, and maybe sometimes I think it's stories like that, that make us feel like we really know how these businesses work and it's silly and we would never make money. Cause that's one of the other things I hear is, oh, nobody ever makes any money at that. Well, the vast majority of people don't make a lot, but a lot of that is choice. They dabble, they get their products at a discount and they're happy with that. You do have to actually work as a business person to make money, but I have been doing that now for 12 years. So it's possible, it just depends on how a person does it.
0: Well, and I do think social media has revolutionized this business in that we are not afraid to buy online anymore. Yes. I mean, I buy a lot of things on Instagram, unfortunately, but you know it's, it's normal now. And we also are able then to show the fruits of our labor. I see a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or also selling product, and then they put out their... I'm, you know, have all this incoming income that I didn't have before and so it's like they're showing how they're actually making it work and how they're being successful which then I think also helps to expand the brand and get other people on board. Yes. I wanna talk a little bit about wellness and how it has been important in your life. Um, I'm sitting across from you, your skin is glowing. I think that's probably a testament to Arbonne and the products that you use, but how has wellness influenced not only your personal life, but also your business? And why do you think it's so important?
2: I, when my kids were young and they're now in their 20s, just to give everyone a, a conception of when that was. When my kids were young, I was running around after them, driving them everywhere and realizing that I was falling asleep after lunch in the afternoon and I, my clothes weren't fitting and I was gaining weight and I just felt Ugh, just not great about myself. And I didn't feel like I had time to do anything about it. And until I turned 40, I flatly refused to use any kind of nice skincare, which was a bad decision by the way, <laughs> but here we are. And so I I was dissatisfied is the short answer. And I was looking for, well, how can I feel better during the day without spending hours and thousands of dollars? Like I was just looking for solutions. and. I think when you want a solution to something and you kind of put it out there, you start to get different ideas. And it was the skincare, and then it was how important walking is. And then it was, my friend invited me to go to a jazzercise class. And then it was something else and something else and something else. And of course that's changed over the years, but I finally just got it that if I made smart decisions a little bit consistently, that I would feel so much better and feeling better is a pretty cool reward. So, yeah, it, it's, it not it part of
1: it is like that intrinsic motivation versus external motivation? Yes. Like it, you know, if you're going to pursue wellness as a lifestyle because someone told you you should do it versus wanting an outcome and then knowing that there's a path to get there, it's absolutely. Um, so, I, you know, I, Full disclosure to our listeners: um, You and I know each other pretty darn well. We sure do. Uh, you met Heather a million years ago. Yeah, well, well maybe yes. not quite, but maybe ten or a million. Maybe <laughs> maybe ten years ago. Um, you know, through in both. And in, interestingly, the three of us know each other through female networking, yes, um, business networking, you know, networks. So. Talk to us about like how does that networking? How does that, and specifically the you know female networking groups versus you know sort of generic networking groups? Like how that's played a role in your your growth and and your mindset and and what that's done for you.
2: I would say two things. I gravitate towards female networking groups just because I think naturally I'm more comfortable with women just in general. I have a son and a husband, I'm perfectly comfortable with them, but I just enjoy the company of women. And also women are probably my top group in terms of listeners and clients. So that makes sense for me. The other thing that I really appreciate about all the different women's networking groups that I've done is learning how to say what in the world I do and I guess what my brand is in a sense, although I don't say my brand is X and learn how to say that succinctly. And maybe we might go around the room and say in 30 seconds, what is your business? What do you need? And so it was an environment I felt comfortable in, but also gave me the chance to learn how to give a message that might interest someone.
1: And I know the group you and I were a part of when we first met, a million years ago, uh, is no longer. So uh, where do you go now? Where, Where are you spending your time in terms of networking?
2: You know, I just had this conversation with someone the other day and I don't really have that much going on right now with networking and it's something I need to work on. And to be honest, when everybody went home and everything went to Zoom, I was doing a couple of different networking groups on Zoom, 2020, maybe 2021. And I think I just got, I got Zoom fatigue. Networking on Zoom is, it works. And there's all sorts of cool technology where you can go into breakout rooms and everything, but I just got tired of it. And so I kind of gradually left and left and left. But the relationships that I've made with people like you, Jennifer, that have surpassed the, the group ending, make me feel like at least I have some people that I can run ideas by and I can meet up with. And, but I have been thinking about this lately. I need to get back into it. I need to find new groups.
0: Well, and Cheryl, the group that you and I met in back in Loudoun County is no longer either, which Correct. I'm sensing a theme here, ladies, that maybe we need a new networking group. So. I, maybe we do. Yes. <laughs> putting that out there.
1: <laughs> sure. We can call it the women of the M word podcast. And bring everybody, all the women who we've ever had on the
0: show. I like that. That sounds fun. I like that a lot. (laughs) So Cheryl, if our listeners are interested in learning more about your wellness with Arbonne or perhaps listening to your podcast, how do they find you?
2: Perfect. So I am on Instagram as smart, fun, healthy for my wellness business and OMG teach me podcast for the podcast. And then at onamission.bio slash either one of those smart, fun, healthy, or OMG teach me. You can find all kinds of information.
1: And we'll put those links in our, in the show notes when we, when this goes live. Um, this has been so much fun. You know, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours and yes. uh, we'll have to make a date to do that. But thank you for being on the M word and, and, uh, sharing your personal journey and, and your lessons learned
2: too. Thank you. Yeah. I hope it's helpful for people. All right, take care.
0: The M Word is an Arlington strategy production hosted by Jennifer Mulchandani and Heather Michaelgard. Our theme music is by Ben Mulchandani, also known as Moochie. Graphic design by Kayla Fagan and Emily Rare. Sound engineering and editing by Ben Mulchandani.